Welcome to the American Valor Podcast. The Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation is the unique intersection of Major League Baseball and the United States Navy and Marine Corps, representing the 37 Baseball Hall of Famers who served in World War II, led by Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller. My name is Nathaniel Cameron. My name is Tyler Buckholtz. And my name is Colin Kirk. We represent the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation. On the American Valor podcast, we search for people who display American Valor. These individuals represent our four pillars of citizenship, service to one's country, sacrifice to one's goals, and legacy to future generations. We'll find their stories and bring them to you, stories you want to hear. Today we are joined by a member of the United States Naval Academy, class of 2008, retired surface warfare officer, Mitch Harris. Mr. Harris served in the Navy as a surface warfare officer for five years before pitching for the St. Louis Cardinals organization beginning in 2013, becoming the second Naval Academy midshipman to play in the major leagues when he debuted with the Cardinals in 2015. Mitch, thanks for coming on today. Uh, if you would, tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, uh, I don't know where to begin. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. So uh, I grew up uh, just outside of Atlanta and uh, ended up moving up to North Carolina for, uh, for high school. And uh, just so happened that uh, the defensive coordinator for the Navy football team um, was recruiting for football, happened to walk over to the baseball field uh, to get one of the coaches and saw me throwing a bullpen. And uh, that's kind of how the, old, the, the uh, Naval Academy started. And so went, went on a visit, loved it, and ended up going there. And, um, you know, four years later, I, get, I graduate, get drafted by the, the Cardinals, and uh, realize that, uh, you know, a dream as a kid is, is, is close to, to happening. And, and uh, then just trying to figure out the, the interesting ways to get back to uh, playing baseball and getting to, to the big leagues. Uh, but ended up having to do five years active duty, uh, did three deployments uh, in those five years, and then uh, was fortunate the Cardinals allowed me to come back and, um, you know, play with them in the minor leagues in, in 2013, five years after I graduated. Uh, and, then, and then obviously uh, uh, fortunate enough to make it to the big leagues in, in 2015 um, uh, before having surgery in 16 and, and then getting at least uh, the following year. So, uh crazy journey but it was a it was a wonderful time and and uh, i had a blast so i read that you used to uh play catch with a cook when you were aboard the ship can you tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of came about yeah so uh i was on uh, my first ship was uh lpd 15 which was a uh, frigate uss or excuse me which was a uh, an amphib uh, uss ponce and it had a um, pretty large flight deck not like you're thinking of an aircraft carrier but uh the back half of the ship was was uh, for helicopters, a helicopter landing deck, and so we were able to, to throw on the back of that ship. And so my dad would send out uh, bags of baseballs, and uh, I found out that one of our cooks on the ship was from Dominican Republic. And when I found that out, I knew that he had that he played baseball growing up, and so I asked him if he'd be willing to throw with me when we had opportunities. And of course, he loved it. And so anytime we weren't in flight ops, we'd go on the flight deck and uh, and, and play a little catch. Now, what was that like have, while you were uh, deployed, hoping to have a baseball career back home? Yeah, it was tough. You know, um, I'd be lying if I didn't say I had mixed feelings. You know, I think I think that's probably the toughest thing to, to try to explain to somebody uh, that, you know, I, I knew exactly what I had signed up for in going to the Naval Academy. 
however, I knew that, you know, from a standpoint of playing professional baseball and having that as a dream as a kid, you know, you only have so many opportunities to do that and, and at certain ages, right? You can't go back and do that at 45. Uh, however, my obligation to the Navy, I could do, you know, for, for many years thereafter. And so for me, it was, it was making sure that, that I, I kept my priorities in, in mind and being the, you know, the best officer that I could be, but also understand that, you know, if I'm going to sit here and tell my guys that they can strive to do anything and, and to utilize the Navy as a, as a stepping stone to, you know, have a better career outside or, or develop their career in the military or to help develop their, their, their education by going to the Navy and doing anything, like I said, that, that they want to do, it'd be hypocritical of me if I didn't strive to fulfill my dream too. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to be the best officer I could, but I also wanted to strive to fulfill my uh, commitment to myself uh, and, and, and making it to uh, not only being a professional baseball player, but making it to the big league. Do you think that your time in the Navy um, and at the Naval Academy helped you be a leader in the clubhouse when you did go back to play professional baseball? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the tough part is, is, you know, in, in baseball and, and I would say in any professional sport, there, there's kind of a culture, right? So you step into a clubhouse and just because you're, your off-field credibility is, is, you know, one thing doesn't mean that you step into the clubhouse and, and can lead um, because, you know, those, some of those guys that, that were in the clubhouse, you know, are the same age as me or younger in the big leagues for, you know, you know seven, ten years. And so I, I can't come in and, you know, be a leader per se right off the bat in terms of like, you know, uh, doing things that they could. However, and how I carried myself in terms of work ethic and everything else, um, I, that kind of just came with it. So I think there's some things that it's difficult. I guess the, the long answer is it's difficult to, to figure out experience off the field. That doesn't carry a whole lot of weight in the clubhouse because, you know, we're playing baseball. So unless you have a lot of experience in baseball, you, know, you can't necessarily lead unless you've been there and done that, right? So – there was kind of a, a different uh, outlook for me, which is kind of just carry myself in a leadership mindset, meaning, you know, my work ethic, my, my, how I played the game, all of that was going to kind of show my leadership uh, ability, not necessarily what I said or, you know, try to do with, with the more experienced guys. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So when you finally uh, got to play in the minors and uh, you joined state college spikes, uh, your, your velocity was significantly lower from when you were in college. Did that discourage you at all, or did you know that you could get back up to throwing in the mid-90s and right back to where you used to be? Yeah, it definitely discouraged me. You know, my first, uh, my first spring training, uh, when I showed up, my body was in, in really, really good shape, but my arm was not in good shape at all. And so uh, my first couple of bullpens, I was, you know, max effort, like 82, maybe 84. And so that was rather discouraging, um, knowing that, you know, my, my you know, uh, velocity in college as a starter was, you know, consistently 92, 94. So I had lost every bit of 10, 10 miles an hour. And so having to figure out really how to pitch at, at a much lower velocity was going to be a challenge. And, and over the course of the first year, it obviously progressed and got better and better. But what what I really look back and realize is it was kind of a blessing in disguise because I had to really learn how to develop as a pitcher, not having that velocity. Whereas in college, I, I could make a mistake and get by with it and, and really 
uh, you know, just, just uh, get away with having that velocity. Whereas, you know, having to really kind of develop with not that velocity behind me, you had to really learn how to set up guys, how to really pitch. And so I think that really helped the first uh, year or so. And then obviously as it really came back over the next couple of years, um, I, I kind of moved from learning how to pitch and kind of developing into now taking what I learned the first year and having that velocity behind me. So we saw that you also got the opportunity to play in the Cape Cod Baseball League. What was that experience like? Uh, amazing. It was probably one of my favorite summers uh, that I've had, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, coming from the Patriot League where um, it's safe to say that the talent level is not the same as the SEC, um, it was an eye-opening experience for me to face some of the best players, you know, in the nation and to really kind of see where I stacked up against, you know, other college uh, athletes. And so, uh, for me, it was kind of a test to see if I really belonged at that level and to, to get up there and have a good summer and, 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 and have such a fun time playing with some of the best players in college baseball uh, really helped me to, to realize that I had a shot at it and, and that, you know, if I worked hard enough, that, that I really was going to be able to have an opportunity to, to play in pro ball. Navy baseball head coach Paul Costacopoulos was kind enough to join us here on the podcast a few weeks ago. And it, it was pretty clear that um, Coach Costacopoulos has a lot of respect for everyone who attends the Naval Academy. And it's pretty incredible uh, what the student athletes do there with the commitment to country, uh, to academics, and um, as well as for someone like you on the baseball team. What was that experience like to really focus on your aspect of service to the country while also uh, maintaining your academics in your baseball career all at the same time? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was definitely extremely challenging. Uh, you know, I always thought I was I was uh, someone that, that did well in the classroom. Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, academics came relatively easy to me in, in high school. And I didn't have to study all that much uh, throughout high school. It just, you know, it, it came natural to me once I just took notes and, and, and listened on, on a daily basis. But once I got to the academy, I really had to figure out how to study and, and, and I had to learn how to develop what I learned in the classroom and take that to testing and et cetera. So for me, it was a, it was a, it was definitely a wake up call my first semester or so uh, to figure out how I was going to balance both uh, the academic side as well as the, the sports side. And, and fortunately enough, you know, you have, have plenty of resources there to, to help you, you know, navigate that, you know, first couple of years to really figure out how to balance it all. And, uh, you know, we had, you know, team officers that, that traveled with us that really helped um, with our studying and, and whatnot. So um, it was challenging, but uh, it took a few years to kind of really figure out how to balance it, but once you do, you, you kind of just, uh, you know, rolled with it and, 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 and learned how to do it. So going back to your college career, um, some things that stand out to me is obviously you were a force on the mound, but your offense was also pre pretty impressive. Uh, your junior year, you had a league leading eight home runs, and you led Navy in RBIs, doubles, triples, and slugging percentage. Uh, how, how's that even happen? And when today's day and age, it seems like, most people just go there to pitch and not really perform. Yeah, hey, don't 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 sleep on pitchers, man. Pitchers are athletes, man. We we rake. I don't know if you guys know that pitchers rake, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I uh, 
No, I I, uh, I I was a two-way guy in high school, uh, and then obviously when I got to college, actually most people don't know this, I was actually recruited to play third and, and hit at, at, in college, even though the, the defense coordinator of the football team saw me pitching. What the coaches found out was that I, I was known more in that area for uh, of hitting and, and being a third baseman, and I only pitched 15 innings in my freshman year. So I played and hit more early on, and then uh, as my arm developed and, and as I kind of got better as a pitcher, not, only then did I really kind of turn into just being a pitcher. But, uh, man, I loved hitting. Um, I was definitely a, a all-or-nothing uh, type of a hitter. And, um, you know, it was just one of those things where uh, I was good enough in high school to probably go to, to college as a hitter, uh, but I wasn't good enough um, a hitter in college to, to go to the next level. Uh, but, man, it was uh, always a blast to be able to, uh, to step in the box. Even, even when on days that I pitched, I would usually DH for myself. I got to ask, that one plate appearance in the bigs, what happened? <laughs> So let's just say, uh, you know, I'm not going to throw him on the bus, but maybe we were up by, I don't know, six, eight runs. Come on. We're in, we're in Colorado. Everybody knows the ball flies in Colorado. <laughs> oh, you got to be going you know, for it. So, so, yeah, I mean, you're not, you're not swinging for a, a single in, in Colorado <laughs> when you're up six, eight runs uh, when you think this may be your one and only A-B. So uh, first pitch, back, uh, back foots me with a slider. Uh, I'm thinking – I mean, who are you to throw me a slider? I haven't picked up that in seven years. So, next pitch, dots me up outside corner. Um, you know, I kind of nod my head like this is what I was expecting. Uh, typical. Uh, so, now I'm 0-2 thinking, well, there goes my shot. But you know what? He started me off slider uh, first pitch. 0-2 here, he's 100% throwing me a slider. Um, so, I put the bat on my shoulders, told myself wasn't going to swing. Sure enough, slider in the dirt. At that point, I thought I had him. Right? I thought I read him right. I'm ready to go. Throw me a fastball. You're done. I've got a dinger. And he blew it by me. It looked like a beach ball coming in. I think I swung when the catcher threw it back. But, man, it felt good to let it eat. So you talked about the, the competition um, in the Cape Cod League and going up against the best. And then when you did get your shot in the pros, I mean, you were pitching with Trevor Rosenthal, who had 48 saves in 2015. And you were with guys like Adam Wainwright and John Lackey. What is it like being around um, such great pitchers like that and knowing that you've reached your, your goal? It was quite uh, – it's hard to describe. I mean, those guys are all amazing uh, individuals, uh, even better teammates. But, man, it was a blast to kind of learn from them, uh, but also just have, um, you know, the baseball conversations with them such an honor to be able to, to learn from from those guys and um you know being being on teams and clubhouses that had that caliber athletes um if you don't learn something from them you're you're doing something wrong and so for me it was always fun to just listen to conversations of those guys and and figure out how to you know take what they talked about and and apply it to my game uh, take what they learn in, in a, in a uh, bullpen and figure out how I could maybe try in my bullpen. Figure out, hey, what mistakes did they make on this hitter and try to remember that next time I faced them. It was always fun to hear how other guys, you know, did things and, and, and went about their, their way of, of preparing. 
And, um, you know, again, I think just having those guys around you on a constant basis into, in the clubhouse on the field is only going to make you better. And it was all, it was just a blessing to be a part of a team with such great, great guys. Obviously the first, the first outing has to stand out. What was that? Walk us through that and what it was like and, you know, what's going through your mind making that first, first appearance. Well, you know, it was, it was funny because this was about the fourth, uh, fourth or fifth day in the big leagues for me. And uh, Wayno was starting that day. So I thought, man, I got to wait a whole nother day and <laughs> not going to have an opportunity to pitch today either because he's going to go seven shutty and we're going to throw in a setup guy and then Rosie. So it was like, well, there goes my day. Well, then, you know, here we are in the, you know, I don't even remember what inning it was. It was only like the third or fourth inning. And, you know, Wayno's at bat. Uh, you know, starts to run a first and, and tears his Achilles. And we have a setup guy. We had Villanueva uh, in, in the bullpen uh, that year, who was our long, our long relief guy. And so uh, everyone was anticipating uh, Villanueva going in. He was already stretching. Phone rings, and they say, uh, hey, get Harris in. He's, or get Harris ready. He's in. And so I'm thinking, like, oh, man, that sucks for Villa. He's got to go, like, three or four, and that's going to be rough. And then realizing, like, Wait, they didn't say the way, but they said <laughs> get Harris ready. And so now I'm freaking out, you know, like, okay, here, well, here we go. I don't have any time to even think about it. Let's just go. So start getting loose, whatever, um, and uh, go in, run in, just remember thinking like, wow, there's a lot of people here. And uh, what a cool experience this is. You know, it's kind of a slow – I mean, it's, as cliche as this is, it truly felt like slow motion. Um, you know, getting to the gate, having the security guy open the gate, and it seemed like it just was extremely slow. And then just jogging into the mound, having 40,000 people kind of realize that this is a, an opportunity that many will never have, uh, yet understanding the story of mine uh, and realizing that, that my chances were so slim, but he, here we are able to make this uh, dream come true. It just – it was uh, – it was really cool. Um, you know, I had, had I think, an inning and two-thirds and, um, you know, was able to strike out the first batter I faced. I mean, it, it was just a um, – it was just a, a moment that I'll never forget. I mean, it just seems like it happened, you know, a few months ago. Uh, but I'll, I'll never forget, you know, how I felt running out there. I mean, that's got to be great, <laughs> finally achieving your dream and then first batter you face, just striking them out. I can't even imagine what that must have felt like. It was incredible to say the least. Yeah, you know, it, it was it was fun because you know I was I was I, I truly felt locked in uh, when I got out there after I you know I had a couple warm up pitches. It, it really just kind of felt like spring training to me again uh, because those were that was the last time I played with everybody. That was the last time I was around guys. Um, <clears throat> and once we kind of got locked in, it was just that you know, that, that muscle memory, you know, that, Hey, you've done this before, uh, believe in yourself, trust, you have the ability otherwise you would be here, uh, and just, um, you know, execute what, what you need to execute. And it was great. It was just, uh, again, like I said, something I'll never forget. You know, I felt like, uh, making those pitches was just something that, uh, I, I couldn't have done any better. Uh, you know, I was very proud of that moment, um, to, to really, you know, execute the pitches we wanted to during that. that. So besides that first one, do any other of your <laughs> outings or 
even just a single at bat resonate with you more than the rest? Yeah, I think um, I think for me it was the, the the tougher outings that I can still specifically remember. Uh, one in particular where I faced a hitter, maybe you've heard of him, uh, Miguel Cabrera, <laughs> and um, <clears throat> I threw a fastball uh, on the outside corner for a strike one. Next pitch, uh, I threw a cutter off the same plane. I thought he'll at least give me a you know some type of movement, maybe a check swing, something. The guy didn't even budge when I threw him a cutter. And I thought, oh, boy, um, <laughs> this might not turn out well. Um, sure enough, uh, we got him 1-2. Uh, and I actually thought we had a, a pretty good pretty good setup on him and, and thought we were going to execute a pretty good, pretty good fastball away. Uh, and I think I left it about, I don't know, a ball above the knees off the black. And he, you know, proceeded to deposit about 415 feet over the center field fence. So, um, you know, next to that was another guy you may have heard of, J.D. Martinez. Um, and so I think, okay, no no big deal. Uh, just gave up a linea off of a really, really good hitter, but no big deal. This another really good hitter. Uh, just go after him. Well, first pitch, backup cutter, and – you know, he deposited that just inside <laughs> the left field foul pole uh, for back-to-back uh, Jimmy's. So, for me, I was um, – I always remember the ones where I could have done better. And, you know, people might say that's that's sad that that's what you remember. But for me, I, I'm that type of person, right? I think I always want to figure out how to improve. And, and I take pride in, you know, really anything I do. But particularly, my, you know, when I was pitching, I took pride in my game and trying to make it better. And so I definitely remember the outings that, that didn't go so hot and the feeling that I had of defeat to, to then be like, all right, you know what? I want to be a hundred times better for the next time that happens. I want to be able to strike those guys out. I want to be able to get that guy out on his front foot or whatever. Um, so yeah, the, the times that uh, didn't go so hot are, are very easy for me to remember. Yeah, I for sure uh, remember giving up my fair share of home runs. So what are, what are some things that you learned throughout your careers, both in the Navy and professional athletics, um, maybe that impacted the other one? Oh, man, uh, there's so many. Um, you know, you, you hate to compare, uh, but they are so similar because it's really attention to detail at the end of the day for both of them. You know, I think about, um, you know, one, a time that we went through straight Hormuz and, you know, we're, we're all uh, basically – all the guns are manned up. We're, we're ready to, to, to uh, navigate the, the Strait of Hormuz, which is always, um, you know, a little nerve wracking because it's so close quarters and, and, and uh, there, there's always um, the possibility of a threat um, and having to really pay attention to details and make sure that everybody is in communication and, and things go smooth. And, and, and war doesn't compare to the game of baseball. However, you know, in the clubhouse and, and, and on a team, you have to uh, make sure that the attention to details are paid attention to for the fact that, you know, if, if you're a relief uh, pitcher and, and your starter just, just busted his, his tail and, and, and got you six, seven innings, you've got to pay attention to what, you know, he, he just gave up a double with, with, with one out or two outs and now you're coming in. You've got to pay attention to, to now the guy who's coming up what did he do his last couple of bats? How did they get him out? Or, or how did he get a base hit? I've got to pay attention to those small details because now is a critical moment. We're up one nothing, 
how can I make sure this guy doesn't win the ball game here? How do, how do we make sure this guy doesn't tie it up? Or how do I make sure I get this out to face the next guy or whatever? We, it's, it's those small things that you have to um, remember throughout the course of a game to, to, to um, accomplish the end goal, which is to win a game or, or to, ha- to, to have a safe um, uh, passage through, through the or move. All those things come into play as a team you know, be it the clubhouse or be it the actual ship, they all relate to each other. And I think, um, you know, really learning that at such a high level from the Naval Academy and then going to, to the Navy helped me realize how valuable each opportunity is uh, and how important even the smallest minute detail is to, to winning a game. Uh, and it comes down to, you know, making, executing the right pitch uh, and, and losing a little bit of focus and not executing and you lose one nothing. Um, and so things like that, that I think that people don't really think about, but for, for me, it was, it was really, uh, a really cool thing to be able to take into the game of baseball with me, um, uh, from the Navy. <clears throat> After your rookie season, you received the Tony Conigliaro award. Uh, can you tell listeners a little bit about what that award is and what it meant to receive that award? Yeah, that was, uh, very, uh, uh, surprising to get, but also um, uh, I was honored, very honored to receive that award as that's given to uh, the, the Major League Baseball player that uh, overcomes adversity uh, for that year in baseball. And for me, thinking back to what uh, Tony Conigliero did and coming back after getting hit uh, was impressive uh, enough. And then for me to receive that award was, was uh, an honor uh, but, I mean, it goes back to kind of what I was saying before and that, you know, for me, I, I always strive to, you know, achieve my goals and, and, and it really uh, hit home because I always thought back to uh, my guys, the guys that, that you know, that I led uh, in the Navy and, and ensuring those guys understood that if I was going to have uh, them strive for their goals and, and for them to want to achieve their highest dreams, then, then I had to do that as well. And so uh, I, I got to give, you know, the guys I served with uh, all the credit because that's who motivated me um, to get back to baseball and get back to the level that I wanted to be at, uh, which, which again, uh, is what that uh, award encompasses. Is it right that you have a book and a movie on the way? So that's what, that's what uh, people are saying. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, yeah, so – yeah, we've got um, uh, a book proposal that should be finished uh, actually uh, this week. Um, and obviously that's, that's takes a lot of time to uh, get that done, uh, to then get it out to publishing companies to, to see uh, who would want to hear this story. And, and there's a lot more to it. I think that's the exciting part for me uh, is utilizing my story to hopefully impact as many people as I can. So if I could just, you know, motivate or inspire, you know, a, a few people, uh, that's the whole goal. And I think that's kind of the, the, the big reason that, that I wanted to write the book is, you know, everyone hears the story of the guy from the Naval Academy that goes on to the, uh, to, to make it to the big leagues and, and went through deployments and all this other stuff. But nobody knows the intricate deca- details and, and the struggles that I went through and the really dark places that I was uh, throughout that journey. And so I really wanted to make sure that people understood that I'm just like everybody else. I, 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 I'm just like every other individual that has uh, life goals and dreams. 
but I also have uh, life obstacles. And we have to uh, face adversity um, to develop ourselves, but also to achieve those dreams. And, and I want people to, to see that and to see that it's possible no matter whatever uh, their, their goal may be. And so that's kind of the whole goal behind, um, you know, getting this, this uh, book out. And then, yeah, we've had some people talk about um, getting a, a movie done. And that's a, a whole nother process in and of itself uh, to take a, a story uh, and, and put it to a film. And, and uh, I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. Uh, but obviously, we're still in the very early stages of that. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Mitch, uh, as you progress through that journey of uh, looking to inspire Americans who are interested in hearing about your story within Navy and uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, the Bob Feller Foundation is really about educating people about that combination of the baseball players who served during uh, World War II, part of the greatest generation. And you're really a modern uh, epitome of, of what that means. So I'm sure that uh, many Americans will be glad to hear your story and look forward to having that opportunity. Mr. Mitch Harris, thank you for joining us on the American Valor Podcast. Uh, thank you for your service to our country and the Navy. We appreciate your support of the Active Valor Foundation and your willingness to speak with us and our listeners on your experience in Navy and baseball. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you yeah. for coming on. Yeah, Mitch, it was, a, it was an absolute blast. And, uh, you know, if you ever need people to fill roles for the movie, uh, you have yeah, our email. People, three people right here. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah, if you guys could uh, send me your headshots uh, <laughs> and your best, uh, you, know, uh, you know, singing, uh, you know, like, I don't know, your best uh old town road maybe i think that's a good one okay uh give me give me your your you know one line or two of that and we'll see what uh what we can do for uh, uh maybe the background voices of the uh intro song i like it i, I like, like it. it our people will talk to your people um it was a lot of All fun right, thanks for thanks yeah. for coming on it was a lot of fun we'll have to do this again perfect thanks again guys i appreciate it have a nice day thank you man all right talk to you soon to our listeners Please tune in next time as we talk to Dr. C.J. Mitchell, the 15th Force Master Chief of our Navy Reserve and an experienced adjunct professor of leadership and management. Thank you for supporting our efforts listening today. Please, we encourage you to subscribe and leave a review and share with others.